We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Um, let's put some work in today. Um, let's go to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verse 11. New King James Version. I hope church was part of your New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making it 52 weeks a year. You got the first one. You got, yeah, you got, you got one the off, first man. one. 51 51 more. 51. Gets easier. Nehemiah 2 and 11. New King James Version. Nehemiah 2 11. Just shout, I got it when you get there. The majority. <clears throat> well, let's 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 push forward if we've had it. I'll read for you. <clears throat> um, y'all ready to read? Okay, that was her fault that I didn't start. Sorry, reading. sorry, sorry. Um, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night. <clears throat> I and a few men with me. I told no one that my God, what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor were there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night <clears throat> through the valley gate to the serpent wall, well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were burned with fire. Read that part again. And viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates, which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Verse 17, then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall Mm -hmm. of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Um, not exactly sure when we started this, I guess this process. Uh, I think it's been about three or four years ago um, where we start the year off what we call like the Vision Sunday, right? Um, and that is where... Um, we discuss what God did in our ministry and through our ministry uh, in the year past, which right now would be 2021. Uh, and then we talk about uh, what we feel that God has placed on our hearts in this ministry to do in the year to come, which for us right now would be 2022. Um, and this year, um, that conversation is going to happen over a few weeks. Um, so instead of Vision Sunday, it's going to be Vision Sundays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the, the reason why that's changing is because this year we found something out as leaders. Um, and I don't know if we have, give me one second. I want to make sure you guys get this note. Yeah. Um, 
in our, in our five, six years of, of, of leading a ministry, and, and not even just leading a ministry, you're going to see that this applies to so much more, um, but leading this ministry, we found out um, that a God-given vision will at some point exceed your competency Amen. and capacity. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you write this down. Um, a God-given vision will at some point exceed your competency and capacity. In other words, um, if the vision that you have is from God, you are not enough to pull that off. You are going to need a massive amount of help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor like you're just talking about church. No, I'm talking about the vision that you have for your family. I'm talking about the vision that you have for yourself. If it is a God-given vision, then you are going to need a significant amount of help trying to pull that off because it is from God. And here's what I've learned. The more that I try to fit God's vision up under my capacity, the more I destruct and destroy the vision that he gave me. Yes. I'll reduce it down to what I can handle and what I can manage versus actually receiving the full blessing of God because I've tried to make it fit within my competency and my capacity. Mm-hmm. What we've learned by, by leading this ministry for the past five, six years, how long has it been? Six years, six years. five, six years. Um, we've learned that it takes a massive amount of help to pull off a God-sized vision. Mm-hmm. Not a super-sized vision. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a God-sized vision. So this year, we're going to spend a lot more time talking about how important you are to the vision of this ministry. And if we don't talk about the most important pieces, then I don't believe that we can ever pull it off. Yeah. I don't believe that we can ever pull it off. It doesn't matter how you apply that. And I want you to take it, I don't want you to just take it within the context that I'm speaking. I'm talking about church right now, but I'm talking about yourself too. You need a village around you. You need people around you who love you, who care about you and your future to help you pull life off. Yes. If you don't, life is extremely difficult. It is extremely complex. You will find yourself wanting to quit and stop everything because I don't have enough help to pull this thing off, especially when you determine that you're going to do it God's way. God's way. Listen to me. Jesus even had to, he had to enlist help to pull it off. He had the disciples, Jesus, who, who, is, who, is, who was God in the flesh. He had to get people around him to pull off this God-sized vision that God had for him. You need people in your life that's yes. going to help you pull this thing off. And that is the reason why Truth Movement Church is extremely important to the vitality of your living. Mm-hmm. It is extremely important. You have to have people around you who understand that what you're doing is way bigger than you and you can't pull it off. And then they won't hold you accountable when you mess it up sometimes. Right. Because it was too big for you to begin with. You can never pull this off thing, this thing by yourself anyway. You could never be a good husband by yourself anyway. So when you come to this place trying to figure it out and, you, and everything is in shambles, we don't have any judgment for you. We understand that's a God-sized vision and you have to have help in order to be able to do that. Yes. Yes. When God gave us the vision for Truth Movement Church, it was way bigger than us. It always has been because it was never intended to be the two of us. You look at a church, oftentimes you look at a church and almost as a logo, you see the pastors. Probably more so than you see the logo at times. It's not, it's not built to be the two of us. When God gave us the assignment, this is what, it just blows my mind every Sunday when I'm standing here and I see you guys come into the door and everybody files in. When he gave us the vision, you were always a part of it. 
He knew that wherever you were six years ago when God put Truth Movement Church in our heart, he knew that you would be sitting in these seats that all roads were going to lead to this moment because a part of what he wants to do to the king, for the kingdom of God in the earth, you were a part of it. It's funny because I always say, um, when God gave us the vision for TMC, my first, I, I'll be honest, I was very, not uncomfortable, but very concerned. Because at the time, walking into the ministry, it was just the two of us. You know, normally when people start a church, especially like when you branch off from a church, and we didn't branch off from a church, but when, when you start a church, usually they're like a team. You know, like, first we're going to have, like, meetings, and then there's going to be, but when God sent the vision of Truth Movement Church, it was just the two of us. And at that time, we were the help for everybody. So then I thought, God, how do we do this? Yeah. And God said, and he promised that it will not just be your responsibility. Now, mind you, yes, we carry the weight of the call of it, but this was always the design. You cannot do God's vision by yourself. So we've got three questions that we want to pose today to all of us um, to help, I guess, fix our posture as it relates to us pulling off this vision. Um, you know, one of the mistakes I would say that, I, and I don't mind mentioning my mistakes, one of the mistakes that I made as a pastor um, early on is that I thought that um, our finances can handle this church. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to rely on other people. I'm being honest. This, this is just us talking. I don't want to rely on other people to pay these bills. So if, so if, so if our money can't do it, we just won't do it. Because I don't, I don't want people to be part of it. Not to feel like they had to. Not to feel like they had to. Now, right. people gave, and obviously, I mean, the ways have been with us. Our, I would say they very, very first, first members. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like, very first um, But it wasn't until I determined that God's vision for this, for this ministry was bigger than my capacity that he opened the door for us to move into our first location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't get that. Once I determine I'm taking my hands off of God and I'm not going to keep this thing at my capacity nor my competency and I'm going to let you do your thing. As soon as I did that, he opened up a door for us to get our first location. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand something. And, and, and I hate to keep taking this from just what we're talking about today, but I, I want to make sure you understand this. It's like you can admit that you, you I don't know how to be a dad. I don't, I, I don't know how to be a good wife. I don't know how to do these things. Once you admit those things specifically to God, he will surround you with people. He will bring in the resources necessary for you to pull this thing off. But you first have to say, Lord, this is beyond my capacity. It is beyond my capacity to raise this little girl. It is beyond my capacity to raise these children. It is beyond my capacity to stand in this function that I have on my job by myself because I completely understand, God, this is bigger than me and this is your vision for my life. And in order for me to pull it off, I need people. Shout people. People. Better yet, I need help. Shout help. Help. It is okay to ask for help. I'm going. Um, but you know what? You said it's beyond our capacity. Let that click. Because when you go to God and you say, yes, God, this is bigger than me and this is beyond my capacity, we think that's a handoff. Like, God, this is too big for me. Here, you take it. But that's not the way that it works. Yeah. Because as soon as you go to God and you say that this is bigger than me, this is not, he begins to expand your capacity. Good. But in the expansion comes the stretching. And that's usually when we check out from the vision. Because I don't want to have to go through that part. That's when it starts to feel, this is just too much, and I just can't do it, and I'm never sleeping. And, and it's just the stretching is usually when we check out. 
But that's when you have the community that tells you, no, baby, we got this. We yeah. can do this. I'll jump in the ring with you, and we're fighting alongside of you. But this stretching has to happen in order for you to be able to execute the vision. That's vision as a mother. That's vision as a father. That's vision as a business owner. That's vision in ministry. Across the board, if God is going to use you to the level that he wants to use you and design to, there is going to be a stretching. Because he has to make space for what he is going to do. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. All right. So let's get these three, these three questions, and, and we're, we're going to finish. I think we can get through them. I pray that we can. Um, let's go back to verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lie, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the, the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also the king's word that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hand to this good Question number one, I want you to make sure you write this down. Do I feel connected to the need? Hmm. Say that with me. Do I feel connected, connected to the need? To the need. After Nehemiah takes a personal survey of the land and he looks at the walls, um, he comes back and he presents his findings um, to the people. Uh, he explains how deplorable the conditions were um, and how much work needed to be done. Um, and what amazed me is that without hesitation, they all responded, let us rise up and build. We have, the, the, the text gives us everything that we should know. And what I read, um, it wasn't that galvanizing. It wasn't that impressive. It wasn't a motivational speech. It, it, it wasn't anything that would make me say, hey, let's go charge the wall and let's go build the wall. It was not impressive. It was nothing exciting about that. And I wondered to myself, how did these people automatically determine within themselves as soon as he finishes his speech and his observations that they say to themselves, let us rise and build? And what I concluded was that they felt a connection to the need that he was explaining. Mm-hmm. They felt a direct connection to the need that he was explaining. They could see that it was a necessity for the, for the walls of the city to be rebuilt. Here's what I want you to get. Even if it wasn't their walls that had to be rebuilt, the, city's, the, the wall of the city had to be rebuilt. Right. There was work to be done for our city yeah. is what yeah. they got. And they had an automatic connection to the need for the city. And what yeah. I want you to understand is that there has to be a connection to the need of God's people. There has to be a connection. If we're going to do this thing, if we're going to pull off the vision, there has to be a connection in you that says there is something that has to be done about that. Mm -hmm. Because without that connection, nothing will be done. Mm -hmm. So, so when, when we hear that um, anxiety and depression and stress is, is, is off the charts this year, and when you hear that 750,000 marriages will end in divorce this year, you have to say to yourself, I got to get connected to that need because our city has a need that, that, that calls for me to do something. Yeah. He didn't have to poke and prod him. He didn't have to get up here and sweat and beg him and ask him. All he said was, listen, y'all, our city has a need, and we have to do something about it. And they say, yes, let's go charge the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason they did that was because they felt a connection to the need. 
And the question I want to ask you today, do I feel connected to the need? Do I feel connected to the need of that person who is yelling out because their mental space isn't good? Do I, do, do, do I feel connected to the person who has just gotten out of, out of that relationship and their heart is still broken? Do, do, I, do, I, do, I, do, I, do I feel connected to the need of this city? Do I feel connected to the need that this ministry wants to meet? Because God has placed us here to meet the needs of the people. But you have to be part of that. Mm. You know, um, cinema and media and social media, um, they almost play on a real, um, the negative stuff. So, and you're constantly seeing it, it's constantly in the feed, it's constantly on the screen. You always see depression and despair and anxiety, and it just becomes very, very common. And it's the enemy's way of desensitizing you to what's going on. Because if he can desensitize you, you won't have a response for it. I mean, like, when you're desensitized, you don't have a reaction, you don't have a response. It's just something that's come, become common. But if you don't have a connection, you can't have a reaction. It keeps us from having a connection to it. Where you can look, think about it, because just for those of us that are on social media, in a scroll, in just a swipe up, you can see about seven different posts of different things. Some of which could be um, family of five murdered in such and such. Somebody just had a baby. Somebody just got a new job. Somebody posted a selfie of their high outfit. And all of these different levels of importance happened in a swipe. Yeah. And then they all get the same reaction. How do you hear that a family of five was just murdered and you give it the same reaction that you give when you see a cute haircut? That's good. It's a complete disconnect. And because we're not connected, we don't have a response. We sit in a community where we have teenagers that are taking their lives daily. And you always wonder, like, where were their people? How come there was nobody to remind them that tomorrow was coming, that it could be better, that it's not always going to be like this? There are people who are walking around, their hearts are broken, that sit right next to you. And then you can't even recognize pain in their eyes because you're giving it a swipe's worth of concern. So now we're sitting here telling you that TMC is called to the broken, that it is our job to bring people in who feel like God does not love them because the enemy has done a really good job of villainizing our God. He has done a really good job of making the world believe that our God is the villain. And we're sitting here and we know the truth and we come here and we sit amongst the truth every day and we let them sink. Because even though we care, we're not connected enough to respond. Don't be one of those people that it only matters when it matters to you. You know, you see heartbreak on TV all the time, but when your heart is broken, it hit yeah. different. Somebody need to do something when your heart is broken. When you're hurting and when you're, you're in pain, somebody needs to react because you're hurting. But you don't have a response when the person next to you is hurting until it's real to you, it's not real. So the question that do you feel connected to the need is not something you just read over and be like, hmm, I wonder if I am. No, stop. Stop for a minute. Think about it. Am I connected to the need? Because if I'm called to be a part of the solution, then I have to have some type of concern for the need. Our job is to point people to our God. He is the answer. If I don't understand or appreciate 
the magnitude of the problem, then I won't react with the urgency for the answer. And we're in a situation that is urgent right now. When you have little kids who are convinced that God does not love them, what? We're in a state of emergency. And our God needs his people. That's us. So ask yourself, are you connected to the need? So I can kind of get this a little bit. You got it. Um, I found myself doing this when we decided that um, we were going to start this, this unload thing. Because the conversations that I was having with this, this I guess this 20 plus group. Um, age 20 plus. Yeah, age 20 plus group. Um, made me extremely concerned because I remember being in my 20s and suicide, anxiety, and all of this stress was not part of my vocabulary. Yeah. But today, it is a very real thing that has conversed a, a ton. Mm -hmm. But once you, here's the thing, once you get a vernacular for something and the enemy can, can, can pervert it in your mind and in your heart, it'll become something that dominates your thought life. Yes. And that is the only conversation, that is the only thing that continually comes up is how I feel and all of this pressure and all of this anxiety and all of this stress. And then we start to talk about suicide and all these, diff these different things. And, and, and I tell you guys, I was having so many conversations with so many young people at 20-something years old. And I'm saying to myself, you're only 20. I'm saying this to myself, you're only 20-something. Can you wait till you're 40? <laughs> 45, there's so much more life left, but they feel like this is the end. And for some strange reason, I felt connected to the need. Mm -hmm. Now, if you know me personally, you know me and my wife personally, we have zero time. Zero, zero time. Pray for it for 2022, y'all. Pray God about it. Pray. Do you pray for your pastors? Do you pray? Yeah. But even in the midst of all that, because we felt so connected to the need, we had to give some happen. time. We had to give time, we had to borrow some time from some people to pull this thing off because we're so connected to the need. Here's the thing. It is not just us that has to be connected to that need. Right. Some of these 20-somethings these that I'm talking about are sitting in this space on today. They are in your household, and you need to be connected to that need so that we can get them out of this thing that the enemy has, has set as a trap for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is not when we're standing here talking about all this vision and everything that has to happen. It is not us it's just not doing us. it. It is you. Yes. Ask your neighbor, do you feel connected to the need? You know, people will connect to a church but never connect to the need of it. I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to let that sit. Because it's true. And it's not, nobody's trying to be funny when they do it. Nobody's intentionally doing that. It's that people will connect to a church, but not necessarily the need or the vision. I'm just connected to the Sunday service of it. But when God brought you here specifically to TMC, it wasn't just so that he could do a good work in you. It's so that you can be a part of the good work. I truly believe that there is an assignment that God has placed in this vision in the hearts of my husband and myself. Um, I, I, I say because the way my parents... Um, raised us. My, you know, those of you who know my parents, they don't throw nothing away. They don't throw nobody away. They don't throw nobody away. They don't. But that is the same vision that God has given yeah. TMC. Everybody needs the opportunity to meet Jesus. And when you connect to this ministry, you have to understand that everybody 
needs the opportunity to meet Jesus. And I don't care where I got to go reach out and get you from. I can grab you from some of the ugliest of situations. You can be the most stubborn as they come, but I know that you need Jesus. And I know that it's my responsibility that you, for you to get you here, get you in the seat, get you in the space where you can meet our God. Last thing I'm going to say. There is this movement now, I, w- I would say more like a culture, that, that calls themselves post-Christian. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've, it's I've, a thing. I've done the Christianity thing, and I'm past that now, so I'm post-Christian. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. There are people out there who was on the end of a need, but didn't feel that there was a connection to the church, and they need never got met. Mm-hmm. And because they were, in the, they, they were in the position of having a need and the church wasn't connected. And I'm not saying that the church, I'm talking about the people of the church wasn't right. connected to the need. Right. They said, I'm done with that stuff because there's yes. no help here. Yes. And not talking about pay my light bill help. I'm talking about mend my broken heart help. Like help my mind. My thoughts are not right. My thoughts are against me. That type of help. But because they came into contact with church people. And I say that when I say church people, I'm not trying to be like, you know, those people like on church people. I'm not saying it like that. I'm talking about people who connected to the church, but not to the God and the vision of the church. But because they came and connected to contact with people who weren't connected to the vision of the church, they didn't have a response for the need. So that's how people get mishandled. And now there's a label church hurt is because you came in desperately in need. And the resource that you linked up to wasn't connected to the source. Oh, what a mess we have made of the vision. That cannot happen. Cannot happen here. I think it's safe to move. I think so. (laughs) Let's go to verse 18. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Our question, question number two is this. Am I equipped to do the work? He said um, in the text, it said, then they set their hands to do this good work. Then they set their hands to do this good work. And the, the text lets us know that they heard it and then they got to work. But it's so much bigger than just an act of their hands. Because in order for you to be effective for the need, it's a work of the heart. That's where we start. It is not by accident that we sit in series like giver. Because you have to be a giver. You have to understand how to regulate and turn down the noise in your mind. These series that we do is not for entertainment. It's to make you equipped to be an active participant in the good work. So that when God brings the broken, when God brings the lost, when God brings in need, you're a safe place. But it first starts with a heart work on our part. Because I don't want to poison someone who's coming to be healed. I want to be a safe place so that when these seats are filled with people who aren't familiar with our God, God can say, Tina's for that assignment. When God sends those people that are super difficult to love, Amen. God can say, okay, go, go ahead, send Ariel to that one. That's the one I assigned to that one. 
I need somebody with strong patience on that one. Yeah, yeah. Elder Martin, that's you. You got that one. That we can be agents for the kingdom, but it starts as a heart work. God, help us to do the homework so that we can be trusted with the assignment. Help us to do the fixing, to do the healing, the work that needs to be done so that as we build, we can be effective for the assignment. What I thought was interesting um, in the text is that most of the people that agreed to, to let us rise up and build um, were not builders by trade. Um, there, there were farmers and there were perfumers and there were politicians and there was pastors and, you know, there were, there were mothers and, 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 and they just determined that they were equipped to do this thing, even though they didn't have the training to necessarily do so. And I think a lot of times because we don't feel equipped in that vein, we won't do anything because I don't feel like I'm equipped to do that. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that, that blew me away. They may have not been equipped to be a builder per se, but they were equipped with compassion. They were equipped with compassion for what was broken. Mm. Nehemiah comes back and says the the, the walls are broken down and the gates are burned with fire. And they said, we've got compassion for what's been broken. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing. I may not have the skill set for this, but I do know someone who can help fix this thing. There is something that I can do in this process to help build these walls. And I may not be able to build the wall, but I can pick up these rocks. Mm -hmm. And I can move it from place to place. I may not have the answer for you, but I can help you get the answer. I may not be the person that can pray you through this thing, but there's a team of folks that pray at TMC that can help pray you through this thing. They were equipped with the compassion for what was broken in that person's life. And that is what we have to have when we're looking at the world. I've got to have compassion for what's broken in you. I, I, I can't hear that you're on your last leg and do nothing about it. I can't hear that this marriage is falling apart and do nothing about it. I can't hear that I don't know where I'm going to eat my next meal and do nothing about it. I have to have compassion for what's broken. I have to have it. And what's funny, it it, it seems as if we only think it's the job of, of the pastors and the elders of the church, and, and the praise and worship team, those who have a microphone in their hand and who stand up on a exactly. Sunday morning. But what I'm telling you this morning is that you're more important than me. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, because they're only going to see me for 45 minutes on a Sunday morning, but they watch the way that you live. Yeah, yeah. And if you do nothing, if you have no compassion, then they're asking themselves, where is this God that you go worship every Sunday morning? Where is his compassion in your life? Yes, yes. And I may, listen to me, y'all, I may not have the skill set for it. I may not know how to do it, but I know somebody that can. Oh, my gosh, it takes me to my most favorite movie in all of the world. (laughs) The Wit. I knew what you were going to say. You remember the, 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 the first <laughs> Let's go there first. Have you watched The Wiz? Yeah. I want to Not see the Wiz. We didn't say The Wizard of Oz. We said The Wiz. There's a difference. Okay. 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 Just want to make sure. Get on down, get on down. That one. Um, but what's so beautiful and awesome about the movie to me is that Dorothy is the first one who is getting on down the road. <laughs> While she's easing on down, on down. Oh, easing, easing on, down, on the down the road. Let me back up and do it right. Easing on down, or she's yes. easing on down the road. You know, she's just easing on down the road because she's got this problem. She needs to get back home, and she heard of somebody that can fix her problem. Mm. 
And as she's on her way to go see the Wiz, she bumps into um, the Scarecrow, who also has a problem. And she says to him, well, I don't have the answer, but I, I just so happen to be going in this direction, and I heard that there's a guy down there that can fix my problem, and I just think he might be able to fix yours. Come on. What, what Dorothy had was compassion. So along the way, she's picking up all kinds of characters on her yes. own gosh, on the way to go see the wind. Y'all not listening to me this morning. She was picking up some of everybody. Mm. Yes, Picking sir. up everybody on the way. Yes, sir. Castaways and, and, yes. and, and rejections and people who, who, who nobody wanted anything to do. She was picking up on the way. She said, I know, I know, I know. Once we get there, there's a guy that can fix our problems. Yes, yes, yes. And Scarecrow, I don't have the answer for you. And in line, I don't have the answer. And Tim Man, I don't have the answer for you. But I do know a guy. Jesus. And the power in the, in the movie is the fact that, is that, that, that Dorothy, even though she was getting it for herself, she had compassion for somebody else. Mm-hmm. She didn't have judgment for the scarecrow. Mm, that part. Because, because, because the scarecrow's issue was different than, than her issue. And, and, and the lion's issue was different than, than the scarecrow. And she had no judgment for him. All she had was compassion. Watch me, y'all. Watch this. It gets good (laughs) when I got a group of people heading in the same direction that I'm heading in. And we all jacked up, but we easing on down the road. We easing on down the road. We going to get there. We easing on down the road. All together, we're easing on down the road. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I, oh, y'all, watch this. Compassion draws a crowd. Compassion draws a crowd. Oh, I'll give you scripture. I don't have to use the whiz anymore. Listen. (laughs) When the people heard about Jesus, they were like flies on watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Because nobody in my culture will accept me Mm. because I'm a leper. But I heard that there's a guy that has some compassion for a guy like Jesus. And he's willing to work in my favor. He's willing to look at me and look at me different than everybody else has looked at me. Compassion draws a crowd. Listen to me. Check this out. I don't know how many empty seats we got today, right? We had some some good weeks, we've had some bad weeks, but we got a few empty seats. This church would be packed out if compassion got out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. They couldn't stop themselves from coming here. Listen to me. People were ripping off roofs to get to Jesus because they knew that this guy is going to show us compassion. Yeah. We're going to be loved. There is somebody that's concerned about my need, and if I get to him, he just might fix it. Jesus, Jesus. Compassion draws a crowd. Compassion draws a crowd. Yes. When they, listen to me. When the people in your family start to see compassion flow out of you, what church you go to? Because mm-hmm. you don't typically act like this. Come on. This is, uh, this is outer body. I got to go God see work. what's going yeah. on with you. Compassion draws you know, though, 
don't leave this out. When Dorothy ran into the scarecrow and the tin man and all them, she took them along with her to, to the direction of her help. But she didn't take on their issue. She didn't feel the need to fix the scarecrow's issue. I don't have the answer for me, so I can't be the answer for you, but we can go together to find the answer. I think sometimes we hesitate to help or to reach or to minister because I'm not equipped to heal your issue. Nobody told you to be the answer. We told you to take them to the answer. We feel like we can't step into situations, we can't minister, because I don't have the credentials to pull that off. I remember um, my son went to a, what is it? What was that football camp? Christian Fellowship Christian Athletes Camp or something like that. And he texted me and said, Mom, I'm getting ready to call you in a minute. So, of course, now I'm panicking because my child is out of town, and he's sending me an SOS-type message. I'm a little bit nervous. So he calls me and he says, Mom, I have to talk quick because um, my roommate is in the shower. But um, he don't really believe in God that good. He don't really know a whole lot about God. And I didn't think I knew enough Bible to help him. <laughs> so I just told him, you know, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, I'm not perfect either. But um, I know God did this and this. It begins to tell what God has done for him. And I think at this time he might have been like 14. You don't have to know a whole lot of Bible. You say, I don't have to be real deep, but my testimony can't be argued. So I might not have the facts. I might not be a theologian. I might not be able to tell you Jesus' actual birthday and all the things that people want to argue about when it comes to our God. But what you can't argue is my testimony. And I can offer that. I can offer that I was lost too, that I was broken too that I wasn't enough either, but God came and rescued me, and he's still doing it. And if he's still working on me, I promise he can do it in you. I promise that he looks on you with love the same way he looked on me. Don't try to wait until you have ministry credentials before you minister to anybody. It is your job. It is your job. It is your responsibility. It is your assignment. We'll got to move. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. My children get up. Um, they get it on both sides for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader, um, but I'm also going to be your most, your most um, truthful critic. Mm-hmm. And um, Jordan does this thing at times that I tell him about. It's like um, Jordan has to have every piece. He's still like this, even from that. Thing. He, is, he has to have it all understood before he makes a move. Mm-hmm. So, like, specific to me, it's like, I'm a guy that's like, if, if you give me a piece, I'm going to snatch the whole rope. And if I, oh, I'm sorry, I broke it. Like, my bad. Like, but, but Jordan's different. He's just going to take his time. And he's going to figure it out. He's, he's trying to figure it out. And I'm, like, standing off to the side like, dude, do something. <laughs> that is how God looks at his children. I've only been doing this for five minutes, God. I'm 20 and she's 45, and, and you put something in my spirit to share with her. And God's like, do something. Mm-hmm. He d- you don't have to have it all together. You're more authentic yes. when they know that you got holes. Exactly. Exactly. So check me out. That is the reason why I don't mind standing up here and telling y'all all my business. 
I tell y'all too much of my business. <laughs> but listen to me. I believe that if I show you my transparency and show you where my holes were, you'll be like, yo, if he could do it. Yes, yes. If that guy could do it. Yes. Listen to me. This is the funniest thing in the world. We had posted something on um, one of these things. And it was is one of these social, social media, media platforms. And somebody from my high school saw it. And they typed in the in the chat. Live that, chat. In the live chat. Live chat. <laughs> is that Wanzel? <laughs> and I wish I could. I want to tell you, yeah, bro, that's me. <laughs> that's the dude that had the fangs in his mouth. That is the dude that used to wear his pants low. That is the dude that used to fight every single day. Yeah, it's that guy. But look how God has look changed what God has done. me. He loves every flaw about you. Mm. Every flaw about He loves every flaw about you because that is part of your testimony. And that is what gives you um, street cred. There you is go. what it is. It gives you Christian street cred is what we can call it. <laughs> Let's push on. Let's Wait, but please clarify. It is not staying there that validates you. Right. It's the healing, the process, the walk, the deliverance the that validates you. Because I think that's gotten twisted because people mm. will embrace like, yeah, I, go I still do this because I'm human. Don't let your human side be the part that you magnify over your spiritual nature. Yeah. We're all a work in progress, which means we're in progress. I don't reward myself or I'm not the part of my testimony that I'm not the, 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 the big part is not the wrong I did. Right. The big part of my testimony is the wrong I did didn't qualify me for the work he called me to. That's good. That he's still using me. That, that, because sometimes I think that we say, oh yeah, like I have the freedom to be myself. No, I do have the freedom to be myself and God is changing and elevating and evolving myself every day. The way I'm sitting at his feet and diving into his word is because he is growing me and changing me and that's the part that I want on display. Yeah. That it's the, it's the scars from who I was and where I was and the, thing, the victories I win daily that point to the God that I serve. You know, it's funny. We, I think I said this once before, but we had gone to Jordan Winter High School, and they went to go play some school down south. And um, they got beat, like, bad, and it made me angry. But anywho, um, we ended up sitting on the wrong side <coughs> um, of the field. And we get up there, and we're cool. You know, I'm a pretty big dude, so we can take on anything. You know, it is what it is. And um, we're sitting there, and some other parents had sat on the wrong side as well. I don't know why they had done this, but we're sitting there, and two parents end up getting into it. And they exchange words, and the lady says, she says, well, baby, I'm one of them cussing Christians. You just need to fix yourself. And I tell her, I said, babe, get your stuff. Let's move over here. Let's go. Let's go. Because I don't want to be associated with that. Mm -hmm. That's, listen to me, that's not what Christianity is about. No. You don't bask in, in your deficiencies. You don't, right. you, don't, you wouldn't do that anymore. Like, you, you go to, you know, for, for a job interview, it's like, yeah, I, 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 you know, I have a, a, a big problem with um, procrastination. That Would you tell the employer that? No, you wouldn't say that. Be better. Be better. That's what I wanted to say to the lady. Girl, do better. That was this. That was not a good advertisement. That didn't have to be said. And Fix what's funny is like we pass this and it's like, I don't want none of this to be shown. Let's, let's, just, let's just move over. I kept saying, I'm glad that she don't go to my church. I'm glad she didn't say that with a TMC shirt on. 
true story. That's why I'm, that's what I was thinking. Lord, I'm glad that she didn't say that with no TMC shirt on. Okay. Oh, wait, we didn't say the other point. That was the point we just said. Yeah, write that down. Am I equipped to do the work? Missing points and stuff up here laughing. Okay. Let's get this last one. Are y'all getting anything? Yeah. Okay. And I, let's go to verse 18. And I told them of the hand of my God, which have been good upon me, <clears throat> and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Third and final question before um, we let you loose into 2022. Um, and the question is this, am I ready to do the work? Am I ready to do the work? Um, I want you to see the people's response to Nehemiah and his vision casting um, as a two-part response. Um, because they said two separate things. Um, th they gave what, what I see as a verbal confirmation, let us rise up and build. And then the very next sentence was, they put their hands to this good work. And I, the way I heard it was, um, they said, then they set. Mm -hmm. They said with their mouth, then they set their hand to it. Mm -hmm. They said it with their mouth, and they set their hand to it. They sat in church on Sunday morning and said, yes, that's good. But the time they walked out of there, they set their hand to it. Mm -hmm. I want you to, to, to ask yourself the question, am I ready to do the work? Because agreeing is one thing. Mm -hmm. To say amen, Pastor Wanzel and Pastor Tina, that's great. I fully agree with you. But to do the work is another thing. They said, yes, we want to do the work. Let us rise up and build. But the next thing they did was take action. I think we talked about that on, on New Year's Eve night. They took action. We are positioned, y'all, in a space where the church can make significant impacts on this city. Significant impacts on the city. And what we do in this ministry will not be on the backs of, 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 of Tina and I, but it's going to be on the backs of all of us. Mm -hmm. Because unless you determine that you can do the work, the work won't get done. Okay. Let's, let's, let's look at it like this. This, this, this narrative in, in Scripture is one of, the, one of the most talked about narratives in all of Scripture because leadership, leaders, leadership classes and leaders use this to teach about leadership, Nehemiah. And how he motivated the people and, and, and he got the job done. But let's just imagine um, Nehemiah does his speech um, and, and they said, let us rise up and build. And Nehemiah's like, okay. And he goes to Home Depot and he spends several million dollars going to get the materials to fix this wall. And on the day that everybody's supposed to show up and do the work, nobody shows up. We wouldn't have this miracle in scripture if the people didn't do the work. If they would have just agreed, this would have been very motivational, and it was great to point out the facts, Pastor Wanzel, and all that stuff is good. But if the work doesn't get done, then the impact doesn't happen. Are you ready to do the work? When you were created, I, I would say God, when, when God made me, when God made you, he made you with an assignment in the earth for the kingdom. He don't just make stuff to make stuff. He made you with a specific assignment. 
which means from whatever your birthday is, when that first breath was taken, there was something you were assigned to in the earth for the kingdom. There are people that are born somewhere, maybe before you, maybe after you, but they are assigned to what God put in you. Be it your testimony that you experienced, be it your gentle giving heart, whatever it is that God put in there, there are atmospheres that when you step in, you have a responsibility in that atmosphere. And it might not be to lead it and to be in charge of it. It might just be to be present in it, to be the kingdom representative in that moment, to step into chaos and be peace. Not because I ordered it, but because peace is in my presence. So wherever I go, I walk in peace. You have a God-given assignment. So the question is, we ask, are you ready to do the work? But the work has to be done. What happens to the people that got assigned to you that are waiting for you? And that's something that has always scared me. Is God, I never want to lose somebody on my watch because I wasn't ready. I was in my feelings that day, and I didn't realize that that was going to be my last chance to present you. And they're lost because I was off. That this person was broken, but because I was so in my head, I didn't even notice it. Because I didn't do the hard work. I didn't have the, uh, the compassion that was supposed to be offered in that moment. If that moment was designed for me to be who he called me to be, this is the thing. The work is not about you. When you come to church every Sunday and it's like, that was good and that's making me better, it's not about us. I'm, he's making you better for his use. Let's stop just enjoying church and start becoming effective for church, not the church building but the church, the body of Christ, that everything I receive is for me to pour out, that the better I become, it's because I'm supposed to be bringing somebody up. Until we shift the concept of church, because we have this vision that church is supposed to come and you're supposed to shout and get happy and have a good time and cry. And if I don't do this and if I don't, then church was okay. No, we come in, we replenish, we get the assignment, we go out and we execute the assignment. That's the point. So don't just ask yourself in this moment. Ask yourself throughout the day, every day, God, am I doing the work? Am I ready for the work? God, ready my heart, ready my mind for the work. Let that be your, your prayer in the morning. That today, in these 24 hours, God, you have assigned steps for me. That every atmosphere that I will be in today, I have an assignment and an obligation to that atmosphere. Let me be who you called me to be when I get in that space. Let me stay on script and say what you want me to say, how you want me to say it. God, let my smile be available. Don't let my task of the day interrupt the fact that there's a smile that's in need. God, let my smile be on cue. That I don't have to wait into the atmosphere to see who speaks to me and who doesn't because I'm the greeting when I come in. I'm an atmosphere setter. That's what you called me to be. I don't step into atmospheres and then get swayed by whatever's going on in the room at the time. No, I step into atmospheres as the kingdom representative. Atmospheres are subject to the God that's in me. We have to pick up the call. We have to do the heart work because souls lie in the balance of what we do and we cannot afford to lose anyone. Amen? So I believe that this question is two-part. And I think when we discussed it, we said it was two-part. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get so caught up in the moment, we don't necessarily look at all the notes. Um, but am I ready to do the work 
is not only external. See, we've been talking about this church mission and what the church is supposed to do for the world. But I'm at, we're asking this question, are you ready to do the work in you? Am I ready for that work? Um, <clears throat> my mother is, um, she makes me laugh hilariously um, because I don't know, like over time, she, her peripheral vision is not that wide. So like whatever she's focused on, she's focused on. <laughs> so like you could be this close to her and she won't see you. She's just sitting there like whatever she's looking at, she's looking at. And when she sees her, how? This is like, <laughs> Ma, I've been standing here for 45 minutes. Like how didn't you see me? Like that was a bit awkward that you were scared. I was standing here for 45 minutes. Like what's going on? <laughs> but what, here's, listen to me now. If, if, if you're so self-centered mm. and so focused on you, when God sends a person in your direction with a problem, oh, what's wrong with you? Yes. You have to do the work internally and have the compassion that, you're, that, that you widen your gaze and look at the people around you that God has called you to be a blessing to. You have to be ready and willing to do the internal work. Shout internal work. Internal work. The question is, am, in 2022, am I ready for that? I know we preach this in 2021, but are you ready to turn down the noise? Come on. Come on. I know we talked about this in 2021, but are you ready to stop being in your feelings? I, we talked about this in 2021 as well. Are you ready to adjust your EQ, your, 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 your emotions? Are you ready to adjust those things and EQ those things so that you can be acceptable in every setting? Are you ready to do that work? Because to be honest with you, the work out there, the external work that we got to get done is going to be extremely difficult if you're not willing to do the internal work. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.